Welcome to the Sunday session, the NRL.com podcast, where we walk you back through all eight games every weekend. Chris Chris Kennedy in the studio with Craig Wing. Wingy, thanks for being here. Just a little bit to talk about. <laughs> thanks, mate. We're, we're down a member, but... Uh We'll plug away. We will. The great Kenny Scott is uh, allegedly uh, off in Barcelona uh, on a holiday, which I think is just a very elaborate smokescreen to avoid having to face me after his Tigers went down (laughs) to my eels on Sunday afternoon. Um, But we shall forge ahead. Um, We're going to start with a fairly dramatic um, Dragons v Raiders clash in Wollongong on Sunday evening. Um, Plenty to go over here, but probably the the headline was um, Nick Kotrick becoming the first player sent off in... uh, more than a year and the first player sent off for a dangerous throw in about 20 something years I think uh, for a pretty ugly challenge on Tim Lafayette what'd you make of this one yeah there's been a there's been a fair bit of kerfuffle after the game particularly following Ricky Stewart's (laughs) press conference Um, you've got to really love uh, Ricky's defense of his players yep um, and ability to deflect the attention as well but um, look I think Ricky was adamant that it wasn't a spear tackle. Um, I guess we have the ability to watch it again and again, and I'm sure we've seen it many more times And Ricky has. He may have seen it one or two in the heat of the moment. Um, and for my mind, I think it, it was a spear tackle. The only defence is that it happened really, really quickly. It wasn't mm. a case of a couple of guys in a tackle or um, just a hit, lift, and a sl- and a moment to think about what's happened. It was more of a flip, uh, yeah. but it was it was very dangerous. Um, something could have gone wrong. I don't think it was intentional. I think he was just trying to be aggressive in the tackle. Generally, when you're going in low and you're hitting from an, uh, from a lower position, hitting up and someone's bent sideways, it does, it does generally tend to flip like that. But um, the fact that his, air, his feet went so high in the air uh, just made it just made it so dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you about the intent. I don't think Kotrick's that sort of player. I don't think anyone's saying that it was, you know, malicious or, or trying to hurt him. But the end result is still, you know, Lafayette going headfirst into the turf. And like you said, it happened quickly. Once that centre of gravity goes the wrong way and they, they flip it, it all happens really quickly. But um, I don't really think there was any way that the referees could, could not have sent him off for that sort of a tackle. Yeah, you're right. But um, I guess uh, we'll have a lot more to see about that over the coming week. But out of the game, I just think... Um well, the Raiders clearly by the scoreboard, they were they were just too good. Mm. Um, they're playing a good style of footy these days. The Raiders, they're very very strong in attack. Very disappointed with the Dragons' defence throughout yep. the game. It seemed uh, it seemed very passive. Uh, fair enough, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a sliding defence, you've got to come off the line and take the space and then use the sideline as a defender. But what I saw on more than one occasion was the Dragons just going sideways from the get-go and not actually taking the space, which which is dangerous to do at the best of times, but when you're defending your try line or when you're, when you're in your red zone, um, that style of defence just never works. So they need to be a lot more aggressive in that in that area. Yeah, the defence really got found out. And I, I don't even know if Origin's really an excuse. They had a few guys backing up, but Canberra had at least, I think, Whiten and, and Papali both backing up as well. Um, so, you know, so they only had a, a couple more than, than Canberra did. They just, like you said, really passive in defence the whole night. There are a number of close-range tries from Canberra that, as a, you know, Dragons coach Paul McGregor would, would hate seeing those sorts of tries scored. But 
I guess for Canberra's point of view, outside of obviously the Kotrick tackle and the, the nervous wait for the match review committee, that actually pushes them above the Roosters, who we'll get to in a minute, but they're now third on the ladder. So it's um, putting together a pretty handy season. The yeah, Raiders. and I think those uh, those top four teams, there's there's certainly a difference in the way they play compared to the rest of the competition. And I think I think watching Canberra over the last the last few weeks or the last month, I think they deserve to be where they are. They're playing a good mm. style of footy. Obviously, they've they have benefited in in a lot of their star players are unavailable for Origin, but um, like you like you said just then, they did have a couple backing up still as well. But naturally, those guys coming back from Origin, regardless of how many Origins you play, one, two, five, ten, every time you come back from an Origin experience, uh, you come back a better player. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, moving back to the uh, the second Sunday game, pretty entertaining affair. Uh, obviously, Benji Marshall's three hundredth, quite an emotional occasion for the club. Um, there's a lot of fanfare around his uh, his big milestone, and, and very well deserved. He's been a champion player and a fantastic player to watch over a long period. But uh, ill spoilt the party a bit for the Tigers. They um, ended up actually four tries apiece, but um, through. Eels kicking seven goals from seven attempts, including three penalties, and Tigers missing a few. It ended up being a 12-point margin, which looked a bit bigger than the four tries apiece that it was. Yeah, I, I did think... Um, look back on... We'll start with Benji. Congratulations for mm. 300 games. Uh, I actually thought that he was the guy that was actually keeping the, the Tigers in the game. 100%. Uh, particularly when he had the ball in hand, particularly when he was taking the ball to the line. Uh, a lot of the attack came off him. I've I got to give him a... Credit for his uh, his performance on the day, especially in his milestone occasion. Um, it was really sad to see him not score that try with three mm. minutes to go. <laughs> I thought it was really, really, really close, and I would have loved to have seen him score a try in his 300th, but um, Nofaluma scored the next play anyway. But um, I did think that it just seemed that the... Uh, I really did think that the, uh, the the Eels were the better team on the day. Mm. Um, uh, the 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 Tigers... After Corey Thompson's knock-on, um, it just seemed like everything. They started off well. Yeah, um, they started a better off team strong. in the first twenty or thirty. Better team for the f- best part of the first thirty minutes, um, which was naturally to be expected, given the the occasion for the Tigers. Um, and it was just, I thought the Parramatta Eels did well to stay with them, but then it was just a matter of time before Parramatta got their game on and were eventually going to come over the top. Mm. It's really nice work from Benji to set up that Corey Thompson try that was the first try of the game, but after half an hour of being much more the dominant team, all they had to show for it was 4 all with the Eels getting a couple of penalty goals and then um, bang, bang, Brad Takarangi goes over twice in the space of about three minutes. Um, he scored off a, a Moses Scrubber, then Tigers put the um, the kickoff into touch and Eels were attacking again, Tacker went over again and suddenly two quick tries before half-time was the probably the point that blew the game open and then a, a wonderful Black Ferguson try in the, the second half where he got around a few in the corner. Um, it's pretty much sealed it. Yeah, and a special shout-out to Takarangi for a, for mm. a hat-trick. Yeah. They don't come around too often. Um, yeah, he was he was very involved and, and had a pretty good game. For the uh, for the Eels, I, I'm noticing a bit of a, a trend with uh, Mika Sivo. Um, just great player, uh, mm. but just sometimes can get a little bit lost in defence uh, in terms of either not getting enough numbers there or, or making the decision, uh, making a bit of a bad decision. So I think that's not too hard to fix, but something that they might mm. need to look at. Yeah, he's still quite raw, which was probably a, you know, one of the many similarities he has got with Semi Radradra, who's you know, Spotty's effectively sort of assumed the role of a, a couple of years later on. But um, 
like you say, it's probably not too hard to fix as well. Um, probably uh, that was a really important game ladder-wise for both clubs. Tigers, Tigers trying to push their way into the eight, and if they were going to do it, Eels is one of the, the teams that would have been a real target to try and leapfrog, whereas Parramatta were trying to hold off those, you know, Penrith and Cronulla and West Tigers type clubs that are around that eighth, ninth, tenth spot. So it was um, a bit of a, a buffer there now for them, which is handy up to sixth now, I think. Um, moving back to the first Sunday game, it's actually a bit of a boil over up there at Gosford. The Roosters uh, went down to the Cowboys, ended up being 15-12, but it was a field goal shootout for the last five or ten minutes with uh, young Jake Clifford eventually snapping one. Mm. It was also another momentous occasion, 300 games for Gavin Cooper. Yep. Shout out to him. Um, it's becoming all all too common now, guys playing yeah. 300 games. It's it's the new 200. Yeah. Uh, and especially given that Cameron Smith, who we'll get to later, has just played 400. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You wonder how many guys are actually going to click over that 300 mark in the coming years with mm. the number of, increased number of the games over the last decade. But uh, I, I guess it's worth noting that uh, Cordner and Tedesco uh, didn't play for the Roosters. Yep. Uh, not that's not that that's an excuse uh, for them not getting the job done because they certainly had enough talent on the field but um, it was interesting that it was 53 minutes before the Roosters drew even at 6-all mm. so there wasn't too much going on early on but um, it was good to see Jake Friend back in the number 9 jumper exactly and even better to see Victor Radley out of the hooking position and running a little bit wider having a bit more space running some hard lines so I think they were two two promising signs for the um, for the Roosters uh, no Michael Morgan with Asiata filling in, and he had some pretty, pretty creative touches there. Yep. I thought he did a did a really good job, and uh, I'm really starting to notice. I, I was looking forward to it last week. Um, obviously, didn't get it this week, but uh, Drinkwater. Mm. I think he's really going to add a new dimension to to the uh, to the Cowboys. Uh, he's, he's a really classy player. Obviously, coming through the Melbourne ranks there, and yeah, admittedly had a couple of mistakes, but. Anytime he's around the ball, there's always there's always opportunity, and he looks good when he when he runs off Tamalolo too. So mm. another little bit of a attacking, attacking dimension there for the for the Cowboys, which I think we'll see a little bit of a, a little bit more fruit of later in the year. But as you mentioned before, Jake Clifford, um, mm. I think he had a bit of a breakout game without Michael Morgan there. 100%. He had to take over all the a lot of the kicking, had to steer the team around, and I think he um, I think he did a good job. It was a bit of a uh, field goal shootout there. I yeah. think there was maybe five or six missed from mm. both teams all up. Um, yep. But of the two teams, it was Clifford that was striking them pretty sweet. I thought he actually got his first couple. He, he nailed it, and it was actually his ugliest kick, which was the one that yeah. that got it over. So um, um, I think if there's one thing that's come out of this weekend, I think a few of the halfbacks or the teams in general need to work on their, their golden point setups because um, – there was a few missed opportunities out there. Yeah, there certainly were. The probably the the real clutch goal we'll get to in a minute. It's Adam Reynolds who um, who nailed a very important field mm. goal. But like you said, to see Cronk and Keary missing like that's a little bit out of character, and to have Jake Clifford end up being the one that, that snapped it for the win was um, you know a huge boon for the the Cowboys. I think he probably covered off pretty much all the main talking points there. I was mm. going to mention how much better they look with Friend back. I know they had issues elsewhere, yeah. the Roosters and a couple of defensive lapses, but um, Friend is just going to add so much solidity to their their structure, and it obviously, like you said, frees Radley up. And that that was only his role. first game back too and he yeah. looked he looked pretty good I mean he's only going to get he's only going to get better as he's got ma- more match fitness how long did he end up being out for I think he missed eight games because I thought that was 
I thought that was a three-month yeah. injury. But he's I think come we back all in did. two months. So that's, um, a, that's a really good effort on his behalf. I think with the Roosters, I've, I would just be a bit critical of the, their defence on their tries, on the two tries. Um, mm. It was uncharacteristic of the Roosters. They were relatively soft tries. And without those, it's a... Well, it's easy to say it's a different game, but I think that's, of, of all things, just those moments um, of the game where their defence let them down and, and the defence is something that the Roosters really pride themselves on. Mm-hmm. So I think, if anything, Trent Robinson will be most disappointed about those two points. I don't know if you saw the press conference, but he was very disappointed with those two oh, tries. Right. You, um, yeah, okay. you pretty much hit the nail on the head. That was the main thing he was really unhappy about. Um, also, I don't know if you spotted the Hargreaves sort of leading with the head on um, on Josh Maguire, but potentially a nervous wait for him in terms of the, the match review committee. Yeah, I know. That's well. a little bit of a worrying. Actually... On Josh Maguire, he's been playing some pretty good footy of late. Um, he has been playing pretty well when he yeah. sort of drops the, um, the the grubby stuff. And I know he's uh, he's the one that leads the energy for them. I thought um, Maguire Granville played pretty well. Yep. Tamalolo as always. Um, yeah, Asiata Drinkwater Clifford. I noticed them for the Roosters. I, like I said before, it was good to see Radley running a little bit wider out. Warrior Hargraves, he was, he was, very strong. He was pretty strong. Uh, Joey Manu, uh, yeah. he interesting might. at fullback, but he's always trying. He's, he's, just, he's got some talent. There's a couple of little errors there, but um, look, the more he plays, the, the better he gets. Obviously, with Teddy missing, he, I think he did a pretty good fill-in job there. Tupu and Hall, I thought, were pretty good as well. Mitchell obviously had his moments, and I think... Uh, Josh Morris, um, uh, Morris, sorry, Brett Morris, uh, yeah, yeah. Brett Morris. He's been a, he's been a. Well, actually, both the Morris boys have mm. been good buys for their respective clubs. They've sort of swapped positions as well. Josh has been pushed out to the wing for the Sharks, and Brett's come into the centres for the Roosters. With yeah, the, the but he, um, I'm sure they probably would have got him on a good deal. But they're getting some really good mileage out of him. Mm. Um, what are you made of Ryan Hawks? He's had some very quiet games to start off with, coming here with huge wraps on him, but also, unfortunately, off a knee reconstruction. But his last two games, he's made pretty much 200 metres both games. He's been pretty immense. Yeah, he's like... I think he's... As the, as the season goes on, he's going to become more and more valuable. He's like another back rower, mm. but out on the wing. He's big, big body, strong, solid. Um, I guess coming over here, it's... It is hard to get your head around the pace of the game and the, the level of... Um, the high level that you need to perform at week in, week out. And you've got to remember he's playing with a Roosters outfit who um, probably play at a much higher level than a lot of teams in the NRL even. Um, So it's probably a bit tough to go with that. And also really understanding your role in the team. That's all. That's going to take a bit of time. But as we've seen in the last few weeks, he just seems to be going from strength to strength. And it's probably a good thing for the Roosters because we're at the back end of the year. And um, as you get to the back end of the year, you, there needs to be a, a noticeable lift, particularly leading into the finals and then during the finals. So mm-hmm. um, the more guys that have got more room for improvement, in them, uh, the better it is for the team. And with a few Origin guys being a bit fatigued, having guys who are much fresher, like Ryan Hall, who's obviously missed the first eight or nine rounds, and Jake Friend, who's just had two months off, is, is going to be a big lift as well. Yeah. Um, Saturday night finished off with the big Cam 400. Cameron Smith, the first player ever to hit um, 400 games in the NRL. Um, the final score probably um, doesn't quite capture how competitive Cronulla were because they were um, right in it with sort of 20 minutes to go. Yeah, look, I, I could clearly see that Cronulla came to play 
but you're never going to be beating a Melbourne Storm team with a 50, 56% completion rate in the first half. No. Um, too many errors, too many mistakes. I like their attitude. Um, really liked seeing Sean Johnson running with a ball in his hand. Um, noticeable difference from last week. Still not at his best, and I would still like to see him more involved, but whether there's an underlying injury there and he's slowly getting a bit of confidence back into it, um, I don't know. But I did notice a difference from his game last week to this week, and he looks... He looks good and creative with his, with the ball in hand. But um, look, congratulations to Cam Smith. Mm. I, I really don't know how he's gotten to 400 and he'll probably go to 450. Don't know how long they're going to be able to keep Brandon Smith in the team. Mm. Uh, he's, he'd be a starting player in any other team, I think. Um, great player, very versatile, very, very tough. A big engine, great competitor. I've got big wraps on him. Um, but I don't, I don't, really, I don't see Cameron Smith slowing down anytime soon. Mm. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I guess with the Melbourne Storm, nobody does milestone games better than them, as has, be, as has been well recorded. But the thing I really noticed was for every single try, how much the Melbourne Storm really savoured the moment. Mm. Everybody got on board. Everybody celebrated. And it was almost as if they really felt honoured and privileged to be a part of such a momentous occasion. And every one of them really wanted to leave their stamp on the game. I was going through the players and the team who I was going to try and circle that said, you know, and, and try and single out. But look, all of them, all mm. of them really stood up. All of them really, really played. Um, it was a bit of an even tussle early on, but it was just only a matter of time before the, the storm pulled away because they... Uh, they worked really hard. I mean, the forward, the, the whole forward pack was strong. The props, especially um, Bromwich and Asper Solomon, were yeah, powerful. Yeah, they, they were very, very powerful. But Monster everyone just had, a, had yeah. a spring in their step. And, um, yeah, it was a, a true testament to, to Cameron Smith as mm. well in terms of how much his team really wanted to get it done for him. And um, credit as well to Cronulla, who the players all hung around for the, the presentations and gave Cameron Smith the, the guard of honour. And, um, you know, there's been a real bitter rivalry between these two clubs in the last few years. But I yeah. think um, the Sharks, you know, a lot of credit to them for handling the whole occasion in a very classy fashion, which is really good to see. Um, just a quick update on Sean Johnson. Apparently, the last 20 minutes of that game, carrying an ankle injury and left the ground in a moon boot. So, um, potential oh, okay. question yeah. marks over his uh, availability for next week, which oh, no. um, that's terrible. Last thing Cronulla need is a, a more of their salary cap city on the sidelines, which they've had to deal with a lot already this year. Um, moving back, the previous game, the first draw, the first 90 minute draw, I think since 2016. Yeah. Um, there's a real field goal shootout, plenty of misses uh, with this one. An entertaining game, actually, between the um, the Broncos and the Warriors. 18-all, it finished up over there, or sorry, up there at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, would, do you reckon the reason neither team could close out the game was because one team had Nick Arima and the other team had <laughs> <laughs> Milford? <laughs> no, that's a crap joke. <laughs> but seriously, it's pretty weird that it ended up 18-all. But um, look, I, I guess... <laughs> All in all, I thought eight and all was a pretty fair result. I'd yeah, actually 100%. like to see more draws throughout yeah. the season um, when teams seem pretty evenly matched. I thought for the for the Broncos, um, their forward pack. Mm. Well, your boy Payne Haas. I can't wait to see what they're going to be like in the coming mm. years if they if they stick together. Payne Haas, Matt Lodge, Pengai Junior, and then David Fafita tried that amazing scored. try as yeah. well. Um, those guys just 
kept the Broncos on track and kept mm. them in the game. Whereas it was for the for the Warriors, it was the other guys. Well, I thought Parsi and Armel were pretty good as well. Adam Blair was, seems to be getting better and better uh, each game I see him play for the Warriors. It's almost I know his he, best game since he was at the Storm. I thought yeah, he was really good. I thought he was really good. I, I know he copped a bit of flack early on in the season in terms yeah. of um, not doing enough, but he certainly lifted his game. Nicarima, I thought Nicarima was pretty good, uh, yep. especially with ball in hand. He provi- provides that um, that bit of attack. I thought he was a bit unlucky with the uh, with his field goals. I thought <laughs> he was probably closer than anyone else. Uh, two of us, Ashek, obviously put them back in the game a number of mm-hmm. times. Well, that was um, the all-time run meters record. Oh, really? Since numbers go, yeah, three hundred and sixty-seven wow. meters that he finished yeah. up with. So. Um, yeah, so he, he's he's just a he's just a phenomenal player. But um, for the when both teams were setting up for the field goals, I don't know why they take it to the fifth tackle when you can, mm. when you've got a good shot shot at it, tackle three or four, particularly in Golden Point. The thing that I was scratching my head about was um, Blake Green. Mm. He was he played a very very passive role in all their attempts to have a have yeah. a shot at field goal. There was a couple of times he was just even up in the line. I mean, he's I don't know why he wasn't at least another option for Nicarima if he had guys running down on him. But um yeah, that was a I think I think they need a little bit of work on that one. The one the the really big miss moment was um was Segiaro with <laughs> his Segiaro dummied it. Oh yeah, yeah, Marcus yeah. They sold off. all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think he could have even ran straight through the middle and scored mm. a try, then he had a shot at it and shanked it as well, so um, I don't remember a weekend of footy where I've seen so many shots at field goal uh, mm. go go astray. Can, can contrast that with Adam Reynolds, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we can crunch some numbers on it, but I, I certainly don't recall seeing that many missed field goals in one round. Um, that Seguiaro, the way, I mean, the, the defence rushes up so well, they know the field goal's coming and they sort of sprint up. There was a game between the Raiders and the Eels a couple of years ago where Josh Hodgson was in a similar situation. He went to throw it and the Eels had all raced up so hard that there was just no one in front of him. He just ran through and scored a try. And I think that sort of awareness is, you know, maybe um, Seguiara had a bit of an opportunity there. It, it was there. there. It, yeah. it was there. It just it was like Moses part yeah. of the seas <laughs> and he went for the field goal. Uh, but actually, you know what, I really like the um, – I like the energy and enthusiasm that Seguiaro brings to the Broncos. Absolutely. Brings a little bit of spark out of dummy half. Um, yeah, I think he's been a really good addition for them. Yeah. I don't know if this is the best uh, advertisement for, for Golden Point. It was just a frantic <laughs> field goal <laughs> shootout. I'd almost like to see ditch the um, five minutes each side and just pick a pick a direction and play the 10 minutes so at least you can yeah. kind of get into that back and forth because five minutes is only really sort of two sets apiece and a, and a few scraps left over before you've got to reset again, which pretty much restricts you to the... Um, the field goal shootout. You know, another game decided by one point um, happened just before that on Saturday afternoon at ANZ Stadium. It ended up being an Adam Reynolds uh, one pointer that got the um, the Rabbitohs some revenge against the Sea Eagles after going down in a tight one earlier in the year. Yeah, I got to make a point of uh, the Rabbitohs had no Sam Burgess, no Alex Johnson. Tom or George Burgess, mm. so they were without the Burgi, and um, the Sea Eagles were out with were out without Turbo off the top of my head. So a um, few stars missing, but for the Rabbitohs, it just goes to show what how much of a benefit it is to have a an established composed half. Mm. I mean, 
Adam Reynolds in that game had just as much pressure as probably anyone else, and he just got the ball and absolutely nailed it. Mm. One shot, one kill, and won him the game with his field goal. But he actually had a very dominant game, had a hand in a number of their mm. tries, kicked well, steered the team around. Um, got to give credit to the Rabbitohs as well. I think in the first half they had like a 100% completion rate or something yep. like that. They, I think they've been guilty of shooting themselves in the foot over the last number of weeks, um, in turn leading to a number of losses. But certainly the first half is how they, how they wanted to play. I think, as Wayne Bennett put it, they stopped beating themselves mm. in the first half. Um, but in the second half, they sort of came back came back to well they went back to the way they had been playing I guess the first half was how they wanted to play and mm. then in the second half it was how they were playing but um, look a win's a win uh, particularly like that one point and it's look let's hope it's something that they can uh, get a bit of confidence out of and get the get the ball rolling again so that they can get back on track Manly will be disappointed to lose that one, but once again, you know another game where they um, they just don't go away. They yeah. you know keep turning up and keep making life hard for for opponents. They're still clinging to a, a spot inside the eight, and at the moment it looks like they're probably going to finish um, not too far out of the top four. They look at probably a fifth or a sixth sort of team at the moment. Yeah, and we probably wouldn't have picked them there at the start of the year, particularly no. given all the turmoil before we were sort of looking at them as a team. Over overachieving uh, with the stock that they've got, and now we're sort of we expect much more out of them, which is which which is credit to the to the team, the players, and the way that Desi Hasler has uh, has got them all up. Certainly, um, a lot of their success is being built on the back of their forwards, particularly Marty Tapao, Fanua Blake. Mm. They were great. Siren and Thompson, yeah, yeah, they were very very good as well. Yeah, they are. Uh, and Daly Cherry Evans steering it around. Mm. Um, he's he's certainly got a good forward pack to work with there, and I think that just lifts lifts the rest of the team. Second time in a, a few days, he had the scores locked up and the ball in his hands with not long to go at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> he ended up on the wrong end of it, poor bloke. I know, poor um, bloke. But um, interesting note: there was two Syrians out on the field. Yeah, which was. Uh, I guess that was a, probably a special moment for that family. Neither playing for the Tigers, which you probably wouldn't have called yeah, you know, five know. or six years ago. Uh, special shout-out as well to George Tafua, who channeled his inner Steve Maddai to absolutely oh, rock Adam Dewey. That was <laughs> a great shot. That was it was incredibly, a great shot. That was one of those just all-timing contacts, but yeah, you felt that through the TV screen. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I hope Adam Dewey's all right. Um, bit of an upset, uh, the second Friday game, the Bulldogs just, um, it's two wins in a row now, six points in uh, in three rounds with a bye as well. It's sort of out enthused the Knights, who look like they probably should have been up by about 18 nil after half an hour, but only had one try to show for it, and um, yeah, Dogs sort of got them in the end. Yeah, in- interesting um Mitchell Pierce long cutout pass for mm. SKD's first try. That was sublime. Which was early on. It, it's actually reminiscent of that pass that he threw to win the game in Origin, yeah. which was pretty Left cool. Left or right. Uh, but it was interesting, yes, as you said, only 6-0 at half time. Both teams did have uh, tries disallowed uh, through great defence from the mm. opposition. So um, I guess we should take that into account. Um, it was 60 minutes before the Bulldogs scored that 100-metre try against the run of play mm. um, through Will Hopawati, but um, who I thought was probably one of their best players. Definitely. Um, certainly the Bulldogs are getting on the back of him. Uh, but then there was that moment 
where James Gabbett got sent off for a late hit. Mm. I think it was 60, 60 minutes, 62 minutes. Yeah. And then that's when, the, that's when the Bulldogs really got a bit of a run on. It's a brain snap from from Gabbett, really. I mean, it was it wasn't that late, but if you watch yeah. it on replay, and I know they sort of say you don't watch these things in slow motion, but he actually cocks the shoulder after Smith releases the ball, and I think yeah. he, even if he didn't have time to completely pull out, he sort of accelerated into it after the ball was passed. And I just think that's a no go. And 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 for me, I, I always scratch my head with those ones because I just don't see what end value the team is going to get out of it even if even if you say you did get away with it mm. what do you what's the team really going to get out of it yeah you might hurt that key player in the opposition yeah chances are you probably won't um, and there's a higher percentage that you're actually going to be giving a penalty away so I don't know I don't know the logic mm. behind that. It's just a it's just a brain explosion. Well, I mean, uh, it's if it's someone like a, a Kronk or a Keary and they they keep digging into the line, I guess you're trying to discourage them from from going deep into the line. But this was on a another big man, which it just I did not see any benefit to the Knights at all from this uh, this shot. Yeah. So look, I, I guess the Knights had some chances at the back end. Um, that lucky try with SKD with poor Dylan Napper dropping it on the try line. Mm. Um, and then they had a couple of moments in the last 10 minutes, but um, good on the Bulldogs for holding in there and, and getting yep. the win up. Yep, well-deserved. Um, Night slipping a little bit down to seventh, I think, on the uh, on the ladder. Now still in the eight, but um, they need to turn it around. Realistically, though, um, the way that the Knights have been playing and when they're at their best mm. uh, and everything's humming and they've got a full-strength team, um, I'm, I, I can I can see the... I can see the Knights doing some good things this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the earlier Friday game, Panthers far too good for the Titans in what has now turned out to be Garth Brennan's last game in charge of the club. And that was, you know, they, they haven't been good this year, the Titans. That was almost as bad as they've been. They just, um, yeah, so many errors, so so many problems. Yeah, I guess, look, it's, it's really sad to see um, things like this happen to a coach, um, midway through the season, but unfortunately, that's the nature of the game these days. Particularly as you get into the season and teams are underperforming or teams are at the bottom of the ladder, the pressure just builds and builds and builds and is just uh, relentless. So I guess something had to give eventually. Um, I still sort of look at the the Titans and I. Scratch my head sometimes. It seems like some of their players don't know what they're doing or they don't know what they're supposed to be doing at any any given point in time. They don't really manage the game, the tempo or the um, the, the momentum of the game very well. Mm. Uh, but like I said, yeah, it, it, was, it was sad to see this happen, but hopefully uh, for the Titans, uh, maybe it's a, it's a bit of a breath, bit of fresh air. Um, let them recalibrate and may give them something to um, to work with moving forward in, in, in the sense that, okay, well, the excuse of the coach is now gone. Now it's the play, up to the players to really look to themselves, play how they think they should be playing and hopefully get some wins up or actually play a better style of footy. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah... Sad to see, but uh, I guess positive for the Panthers. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. Panthers, well, who would have thought Six a couple of a months row. ago that the Panthers would be in this position, but generally tend to get the feeling that they're starting to build a little bit of momentum. They were, yes, they were still a bit 
a bit scrappy there, but mm. things are starting to come together. Their attack's starting to look like it has more intent. Guys are running hard. You know, you can you can pitch a kick out the top of your head coming under, mm. busting the line or breaking through on the edge with an offload. It seems like they're starting to get a bit of a groove on. They're playing with a bit of confidence as well, um, especially Jerome Luai. I yeah, that was he, one uh, of his uh, better games. Yeah, it was, it was a good game from him. Completely unpredictable. I don't know how you would be able to, to build a game plan around that, but um, his involvement, his enthusiasm was, uh, was first class. I think he, um, he had that amazing game. It wasn't his debut game. I think it was his, his debut starting game in a, an Origin week last year against the Warriors, and he just absolutely carved up, and he was like the next Benji Marshall, and he sort of had some downtime since then, but uh, he looks a bit more mature now, a bit more. He looks he's filled out a bit more too. He's not mm. quite as uh, slight as he was back then, and um, like you say, still unpredictable, but a little bit more I don't know, reliables might be a bit early on, but um, yeah. yeah, a bit more... Um, yeah, like he... he yeah, he, just, he just seemed... I guess he just seemed more dominant. He seemed a yeah. lot... He seemed very, very confident, but I do wonder how you how you build that into a game plan, in the sense that he didn't know what he was doing. Um, fortunately, it came off. But if he doesn't know what he's doing, I don't know how his teammates would know what he's doing. So um, you certainly need one half there to try and balance him out. But um, mm-hmm. look, he had a he had a great game. He had a really mm-hmm. good game. Things really worked for him. The team got off the back of him. So uh, let's not take any away from that. Anything away from that. But what about um, the somersault tries from Toto? I was just about to say. Wow, um, acrobatics there. Entertainment factor. I loved it. You back to the start of the year and tell me they'd be winning games off the back of brilliance from Brian Toto and Brent Naden. I would have said, what are you talking about? But um, those two young guys in the back line, and and Naden's had some unbelievable flashes of skill as well. But, yeah, the the flip over tries from Brian Toto is just absolutely incredible. Very very impressive. A little bit. Excessive, but um, <laughs> probably not necessary. But hey, uh, it's good that he's practicing it. He might be mm. able to actually just jump over a winger <laughs> and do that. Well, I think one of the flips, he, he ended up actually evading the attempted shove into touch because yeah. he did do the flip. So it ended up being almost profitable to, uh, to yeah. do the somersault. But um, well, yeah. I would like think back to wingers, even when I was playing 10 years ago. Mm. Don't know too many guys that would be able to do no, that. So, hundred percent. If it, if his footy career doesn't work out, he'd probably get a start at the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few other guys as well. You know, Dylan Edwards got dropped this year for you know he's going through some serious confidence issues. He had about a million tackle busts in this game, and mm. I thought he was really really good. Um, you know, Mitch Kenny was the the groundskeeper out at Panthers. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the training centre at the start of the year on a part time train and trial contract. He's now their their starting hooker and doing some really good things. So I think this uh, injection of young blood alongside some of the, the seasoned older guys like Maloney and James Tamo and Fisher-Harris who are all playing really well on the back of that is, uh, it's sort of it's helped the, the balance. And I like, uh, I like young Egan coming on at hooker mm. as well. He's got a bit of spark. I'd like to see him run more. Yep. Um, both he and um, Brady at, at, the, um, at the Sharks, yep. Yep. Um, when they come on, I think they should have more of a run mindset. Uh, they're coming on, they're fresh, they're quick out of dummy half, they've got good vision. Um, and I'd really like to see both of them come on and just try and try and tear the game up when they get a chance. Uh, notice Josh um, uh, Mansour. Um, yep. I thought he had some pretty good involvements. It looks like I just I, over two hundred meters. I, I, I watch him play, and I've I've I feel like he's got he's got a bit of a point to prove. Any every game he's going out there trying to prove it. So uh, we we all remember how good he was not too long ago. Um, 
and I'd like to see him get back to that stage. And if if he's doing that, then he's going to be a good part, a good integral member of the Panthers moving forward as well. well. Yeah, as we've discussed before, he caught that um, ACL injury while he was off with the the Kangaroos. You know, came back trying to find his form for Penrith and caught that horrible um, facial fracture, and sort of hasn't been the same since. But um, you know, got dropped um, that same the same week that Regan Campbell Gillard got dropped earlier in the year, and they've both come back and just gone from strength to strength since, which is really good to see. Um, that brings us to the end of the eight games. Shall we just touch on a um, pretty impressive New South Wales performance? Yeah, what a... Uh, well, I don't think, uh, as Freddie said, I don't think it was their best performance. No. Um, but the fact that they hung in there and I can't tell you how much how much sweeter it was the fact that we finished it the way that Queensland have finished it mm. so many times before. You thought the game was done. I thought Queensland had got up and done it again. Yeah. And for the boys to get up at the back end there, that was that was unbelievable. Um, yeah, and for Pierce as well, like your, your column uh, last week was about, you know, what to be, is to be expected yep. from him. And, you know, so many people, there was so much coverage around him and everyone's either saying he's going to come in and fail again and cost yep. the series again or he's going to come in and be this new Pierce and be amazing and win them the game and I think your column was around he doesn't need to do either of those yep. things he just needs to come in and do his job and that ended up being what he did and that was it like he didn't he didn't overplay his hand he didn't do too much he was solid in defense and look big credit to him for throwing that pass in the mm. dying moments of the game it, it I guess it could have just gone into extra time mm. um, if everyone just played it safe. But he went, nah, I'm going to throw the pass. It was a, it was a great pass. Yep. And somehow they yeah. came away with the try. But, um, yeah, look, across the board, I think the, I think New South Wales, that team there is going to be together for quite a while. That experience of almost losing it mm. and then pulling it back from the uh, – Pulling it back from the jaws of death, I think they're going to get a lot out of that, a lot of confidence as a team. And always in origin, winning the last game gives you momentum. Mm. I know it's a year away, but it gives you the upper hand. It gives you the momentum going into the next game. Um, so that's a really big thing. I thought, uh, I thought the Queensland actually played pretty well. There was that moment Absolutely. for about 10 or 15 minutes where they were absolutely dreadful two kicks out on the full I mean mm. you just don't give up that kind of possession in origin probably Cherry Evans probably should have taken the shot at field goal mm. at the back end instead of going high so the play before that I've watched this a few times and um Moses Embai had the carry and he sort of burrowed in and, and Cameron Murray made the tackle and it was a really slow play the ball. Murray was lying on top of him and it, it reminded me of Cameron Smith the week before burrowing under Victor Radley and mm. getting the penalty and kicking that goal to, to beat the Roosters by two points. And I, um, On first watch, I thought Murray's got away with one here. He knows he's not going to get penalised for yeah. lying in the ruck you know, and the ref won't want to you know, cons- yeah. decide an origin series. But the more I watched it, the more I thought it was actually Embai trying to pull the penalty for his team and Murray was just kind of stuck in the middle of it. But either way, the fact that that slowed it down so much, I think it made it really hard for DCE to line anything up because the yeah. defence was already in his face. Yeah, that's a tough one there. But what about um, what about Ethan Lowe? Oh, I'm glad <laughs> you said Ethan that. Lowe <laughs> came from nowhere. <laughs> from the clouds. <laughs> from the clouds to almost single-handedly win Origin. He was unbelievable. For Queensland. 
the charge I mean, down. He'd already made 50-odd tackles at that point. That was incredible. That was an incredible performance from him. Four from four. He's the goal kicker now. Like, yeah. what, what's happened? <laughs> That's incredible. So that was a bit of... Uh, that was a bit of an origin side note. Um, I thought for Queensland, I thought that um, Cameron Munster was uh, he oh, was outstanding. He, he was, was a sensation off the bench. Such a good player. Like everyone talks about how um, how good uh, Tedesco is, and he was he was great again. Mm. He was probably our most potent player. Just give him mm. the ball, he'll run sideways, he'll run backwards, but no one can tackle him. Mm. But I thought Munster was was equally impressive for the uh, for the Queenslanders as well. Yeah. Um. Oh, Katie Brown, I remember what I interviewed Ethan Lowe in the sheds afterwards. I watched the interview and he actually, he almost struggled to keep the smile off his face because yeah. even though you could tell he was shattered about the loss, just yeah. to have come in and got this sort of shock origin jersey and then to have dominated and, you know, yeah. just proved that he belonged there. I was actually just really happy for him to... That, yeah, that was, that was, I was actually, I was, that was incredible. I was blown mm. away with how he, just a perfect example of someone that got an opportunity and took it with two hands and just regardless of all the people in the team or the people that were around him, he just did his job. He did his job really well, but he saw some opportunities and just took it and hats off to him. Mm. And, and credit to the rest of the Queensland as well for such a great contest because, you know, they were sort of in all sorts after game two and yeah. you know, everyone's talked about the, you know, Smith, Cronk, Slater, first and all the players they've lost, but also, you know, Ponga was out, Narrow was out, some of their, yeah. their best current players are also out and to, to almost steal that game with, you know, the, the depth they've got at the moment was pretty sensational absolutely and I guess that's the worrying thing for New South Wales and that's the thing that Queensland are really going to be drawing upon until the first game next year mm. the fact that they went really really close they almost did a typical Queensland mm-hmm. where they pulled a pulled a rabbit out of the out of the hat um, and yet they still had some key players missing so shapes up for a good one next year yeah absolutely and it brings us to the end of another Sunday session a very eventful weekend thanks once again for your time and we'll be back this time next weekend see you next week